I was on the search for work-life balance. I was like, what is work-life balance? Is it being able to log up from your computer at six every day and then not looking at your work? Or is it, you know, doing like what you love doing or what is it? I'm okay with this. I'm okay with having life outside of work be a little bit more work. But to me, that was what was giving me life. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Passages Podcast. I'm your host, Chloe. I'm the founder of The Passages Project, and we are a media project on a mission to empower young professionals to honor, explore, and advance their lives and careers from day one. Each week, I'm sitting down with young professionals across career paths to better understand their stories, where they're at, how they got there, where they're headed, and why. In today's episode, I have a chance to introduce you to my friend, Eugenia Kim a service-oriented software engineer who's truly giving her all to the field of computing in more ways than one. Eugenia is a full-time software engineer at Microsoft. She's also pursuing a master's degree in computer science, and she's conducting research on ethical artificial intelligence. Passionate about the ways in which technology can be used for good and advancing the number of women pursuing a computing-oriented career path, Eugenia brings an optimistic, realistic, and empathetic lens to her life and work. In today's episode, Eugenia reflects on why she fell in love with the field of computing, how she prepared for interviews to set herself up for success, an inspiring philosophy on work-life balance, and how she maintains the stamina to do all the things she wants to do in the world of computer science. If you're listening into today's episode and you love our conversation, make sure you go share it on your Instagram story and tag at The Passages Project so we can see and share these episodes with more and more of you. Everything you need to connect with Eugenia and learn more about The Passages Project will be linked in the description of this show. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Eugenia. I think for me, I didn't make too many actual like goal-oriented decisions that actually got me here, which is crazy because I think a lot of it took a lot of faith. Um, but in the end, it's it all started when I decided that it wasn't too late to change my major in my junior year. Um, I was originally chemical engineering and then switched my major to computer science pretty last minute. And I think a lot of it was just having to go with it and being like, I think I just like software so, software engineering so much more. And so I think that was definitely the start. Since then, it wasn't ever about like a dream company or a dream job, but just kind of doing what I really enjoyed doing, uh, whether it was working with like nonprofits and creating apps for them or different things like that. And then it got me here. And so I like love my job now. I'm a software engineer at Microsoft, um, where I get to work on things that I really enjoy. And like, I get to work on things like with the consumer and things like Microsoft 365 and just products that I had never even dreamed of um, setting goals to work on, but now I get to do that. So that is a little bit about me. You make it sound so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Like I remember, I mean, we connected because we studied abroad together. um, And I remember like, you have this passion for CS that's just contagious, you know, because like yeah. I, I was in coding classes as well. And it is, it takes a specific type of passion and you definitely have that. And I'm so excited to dig into our conversation today because A, you work for an incredible company and you're doing incredible things. But 
I think your perspective is just really grounding and it's not like, oh, I wanted to work for the biggest big tech company ever. It was really (laughs) like taking a hard look at work-life balance and what you really wanted to do. So that is what we're going to dig into today. (laughs) So Yeah, I'm excited. Definitely. (laughs) It's definitely been a process, but got here. So (laughs) it always is. I know. So what do you love the most about being a software engineer? Because I feel like there's there's some stereotypes out there or if anybody's like right on the brink of, you know, thinking about studying this or considering a career in it and they just don't know or they're scared about what it might what it might entail, what do you love the most about your work that you do every day? Wow, I think like with any career, it's kind of what you bring to that job, right? So I think um I definitely love it because I get to work with other software engineers. I realized um, kind of going into my career, not all jobs have the luxury of being able to work with other people and people that also do what you do. So you'll never really see a team of like just one software engineer and then a lot of like product managers or something like that. You'll always see multiple software engineers. So I think that's just one thing I really love that we can all kind of speak this like language, Um, it doesn't have to be a coding language, but like we can all speak this kind of lingo of tech and have the same passion for it. And you end up seeing, um, I guess, people that love the same things as you do as a software engineer. So that's probably my highlight of working in this job. And then I also just love the creativity. There's just not like one way to ever solve a problem, I guess. There's not ever like, you have to do it this way. Um, And so I think that's just something that I definitely really enjoyed and probably a big reason of why I switched over to CS when I was in college. I don't think school really sets you up for success when it Mm. comes to becoming a software engineer. Um, And I think that's why people definitely struggle a lot like in the interview process and in their first year of work um, because they expect like the classes they took like data structures. I don't know if you remember, but like those classes, <laughs> they expect that to like be a part of their day-to-day, but it's really not. Um, and so I think that is definitely a hurdle that you have to get over. But I think coming from the standpoint of like three years out, I think since I graduated, um, you start to see how like school might've shaped your thinking. Um, and I think it's a really good point of like, if you enjoy that, like software engineering might be for you, but if you don't, there's so many other fields in technology that actually can be something that you enjoy. So it doesn't have to be this like one shot, like you have to become a software engineer because you like studied computer science, right? So that's definitely a big part of it too. Yeah, 100% agree. It's such a good entry point because like you said, if you can talk the talk, then you can figure out where you want to walk the walk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. That's so true. So for anybody who's, let's let, let's get into interviewing. You kind of touched on this. Let, let's say that somebody is in college, they're studying computer science, knee deep in recruiting season and really looking to stand out. What do you think really helped set you up for success when you reflect back on your interview experiences? I did this and now I like hope, I wish I hadn't, is a lot of people when they're interviewing think about what they think the interviewer wants to hear. Um, But I think because every tech company is so different, you end up when you interview like mass interviewing and mass applying, you end up finding the team that actually fits you. So the biggest thing that helped you stand out was definitely not trying to be what that company is looking for and trying to change who you are and like change up. I know a huge thing is like changing up your resume per each job um, that you apply to. But I also realized that if you do that, you won't be genuinely happy at this job if you get it right um so I think that's a big thing that 
it took me a little bit of time to figure out. Um, I actually started working at a startup when I first came out of college and thinking that that was exactly what I wanted to do, right? So like I completely changed everything that I had been working on. Like even though I was really in love with like nonprofit work and um, kind of giving back to the community, I definitely changed it to really stand out and like, this is how I'm such a hardworking individual. And like, I love this kind of work, right? Um, and that is one thing that I would stay away from is trying to be what you think they want you to be. Um, but I mean, I guess that also relates to like most companies or most jobs, but I think specific to software engineering, the big part is that coding interview, right? It's that technical interview. Um, and there's a lot of ways to go about that. Um, but the biggest thing is if you don't think of it as like this huge thing that you have, this huge wall that you have to get over. Like if you just think of it as what you've been studying, like you're not gonna apply to be a software engineer without any coding experience, right? So you definitely have picked up things, tips and tricks along the way. Um, and for me, something that really helped me was instead of looking through that entire, there's like that really, um, popular cracking the coding interview book that everyone goes through. Um, but instead of thinking of it as like this daunting experience, I tried to make it just kind of like a part of my daily routine. So before work or before classes, um, I would just take like two easy leak code problems. Um, and then obviously there's like this pressure that you put on yourself of like, why am I doing easy problems? I have to be at the medium and hard and that's what they're gonna ask me. But I would really say, enjoy that process. Enjoy the process of doing, you know, two easy problems in the morning and then do that for about maybe a week. And then if you're feeling up to it, maybe on some like Thursday night, like pick up a medium problem. And honestly, I think a lot of that interview is gonna be confidence because they're not looking to hire like the smartest, brightest person who can just solve these practice problems, right? <laughs> they're looking to find someone that they're, they wanna work with and someone that they wanna, hang out with. And so it's definitely that confidence um, that I think makes you stand out. We'll link the book below in case you've never heard of it. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that green book <laughs> that everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've landed at Microsoft like years later and we were catching up right before um, this, we, we started recording and it's clear like you love your job and you love this team, you love where you landed. So I'd love to better understand what compelled you to apply to Microsoft. Like what were you looking for? that your previous roles or internships didn't necessarily provide? And how did you communicate that to the recruiter? Mm, yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting question because I, like I said in the beginning, I don't, I never really had like a dream company. Like this is the company that I wanna work for, right? Um, and I think the whole process ended up just being, I, I just had a really good conversation with a recruiter through a women in tech event actually in Atlanta. Um, and so it wasn't even that I was talking to her cause she worked for this company, right? It was, it was just kind of getting to know her. And then I got to meet other devs and other managers through that experience. And there was when I was like, oh, I really like talking to these people. Like I really like um, hanging out with these people and just getting to talk about things. And so it wasn't even like a very set recruitment process or set interview process. Um, and so I think as a software engineer, you quickly realize that the, the work is pretty similar actually throughout multiple companies. Um, the work tends to still be, you know, 
basically it'll just change by what language you're working on, what framework you're working in, things like that. And so for me as a software engineer, my biggest thing is culture and fit. And so as I got to know these people, I was like, this is where I want to work. Um, and so that's kind of why I ended up applying. And through that, I learned a lot more about why software engineering can be something where a lot of my coworkers and friends who have also studied CS um, experience some burnout. And sometimes they're like, do I want to do this anymore? Um, but I think the reason why I like this job so much is because I love working with the people that I work with. Like, I love my team. I love the conversations that we have during stand-up or before work. Um, and so that's kind of the thing that makes it stand out for me. Um, and I actually think that that's possible for like any company, right? It's any company. And um, if you like working with the people there and you're really set on being a software engineer, then that's probably the biggest thing. Um, yeah, I think that was what helped me um, and what helped me like this job so much. And you're pursuing so much on top of it. Like, can we just rattle these off for a second? Like, you're also pursuing your master's. You haven't received it, right? You're pursuing it. No, right I'm now. graduating in like a semester. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So master's degree, check. You're doing research, check. And you're giving your all and loving your job. How the heck do you define work-life balance and how do you keep up the stamina to pursue these outside projects? Yeah, I think, I mean, everything, everyone is motivated by different things, right? Um, but I think for me, work-life balance was what motivated me for so long. Um, starting with that startup right out of college, I was on the search for work-life balance. I was like, what is work-life balance? Is it being able to log up from your computer at six every day and then not looking at your work? Or is it, you know, doing like what you love doing or what is it? I think in some ways it was also like, is it unlimited PTO? I just had a lot of thoughts back then. Um, but I think what I realized through that process was I was searching for so long for like a set time period for work and then life and then maybe sleep or rest. So it was like eight hours of work, eight hours of resting and then eight hours of sleep. Um, but the problem that I found with that was that meant that I kind of hated work or hated eight hours of my day, which would become like a third of my life. And then I would hate, like, I would have to focus on resting the, the other third of my life. And then I guess just sleeping the last third of my life. And so I think that's when I was like, that's not good enough. Um, it's not good enough for me. Um, and so I wanted to really know what balance meant. And so for me, I realized that it's really enjoying what you do in your work, but also letting work bleed into your life is not the worst thing in the world. So that's why I ended up pursuing my master's because I really do enjoy the research that I'm doing. I get to work on AI for like populations that might not be um, in the forefront or not what companies are trying to create AI for. Um, so that's something that I definitely don't technically do at work, but um, I guess is supported by the work that I do. And so that was when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with having life outside of work be a little bit more work, I guess. Um, but to me, that was what was giving me life, right? That's what I love doing. And that's what um, I find my motivation in. And so that was a big part of it. I think I had to let go of that. Um, the eight hours after work is just for me and it's my time. I had to let go of that. And I had to let those two things kind of be the same and realize that I don't have to hate my nine to six or nine to five job. Um, and I can love it. And then I can also work extra hard after work too. So that's what balance is for me. I don't know if it's like that for you, but. 
<laughs> no, that's that's so empowering. It's this visualization for me of like instead of seeing work-life balance as, you know, work slash life or there's some sort of like actual pivot, um, you know, one versus the other, black versus white, like it's work life, it's work life, right? Like it's just one continuous idea. It's one person showing up for all of those things. And in your instance, like you're studying, right? The same subject or like the discipline, but you're doing it in different ways. You're doing it in different, with different people doing it at different times. And it's making you into your fullest self, which is helping you show up to your quote nine to five or your corporate full-time role, way more passionate about the work and more sure of yourself right? Yeah, exactly. I think that you really put it, yeah, it's like not thinking about work as just like this thing that you have to do to fuel your, you know, like what you're actually fuel your life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Being able to show up and it's, I realized that it just kind of speaks to different parts of who I am, right? So Mm -hmm. I really do love getting to work with people in my research. And then um, as a software engineer, you don't talk to as many people, um, or at least in my role, I guess I don't. And so I'm realizing that it's just being who I am fully in all of these different places. And I had to kind of find those different spaces that I can do that. Um, but that's how I balanced it out. So I think that it works for me. Um, it doesn't always work for everyone I know, but I definitely, that's how I think about my life. What do you think is a misconception about working in tech? A lot of people think that they can't do it. That's what I realized. I think mm. a lot of people have this idea, like they can't break into tech. And there's even that term of like, oh, I broke into tech from someone who wasn't a CS major or like, um, I had to go through a boot camp, but I got to do it. Right. But on the flip side of that positive energy is that there's a whole nother set of people who think that they can't do it. Um, and I think that is so, it's so discouraging because I feel like my job is one of those jobs where my team is so supportive and people are always asking each other questions, which just means that none of us can do it either by ourselves, right? Um, So that's definitely a misconception. And I think that also lends into seeing even like less women in tech. I definitely am one of the few, even on my team, but in previous jobs, I was like one of the only people, only girls on an entire project where everyone else was male. Um, And so there's definitely this feeling of like, would I be able to do it? Can I do it? Um, and so I see some people actually never even stepping foot into like software engineering. And I know we talked about the interview process, but it's like the technical, the technical interview is really daunting in some ways. Um, and so there's just like things like that, that I wish weren't as intense or I wish weren't as scary because once you kind of actually face it, it's, it can be okay. You know? Um, so that's definitely something that I would want to bring up and try to, I've been trying to encourage more people to go into technology. So yeah, that question. I can't wait to see who, who's inspired by this episode, (laughs) (laughs) but on that same note, I mean, I know that diversity and inclusion is important um, Mm -hmm. to both of us in tech. So what do you, what, if we were just going to be super honest here, like what do you suspect holds more women specifically back from pursuing whether it's a career in tech after the fact or a degree in computer science in the in the very beginning. So last year, I asked a lot of people this question, actually, um, even at my job and like other women um, developers and friends from tech and stuff like that. Um, and I felt like I had two or three overarching answers. And it was like, some people were just like, 
I am just tired of having to always fight that, um, fight that ratio, like that tech ratio that we saw in college. Like it's, it's a tiring thing to fight through. Um, and so besides the actual, just feeling like you have to push through to make it, um, I also feel like it's a partly, it's partly just when you don't see other women in tech, I feel like it's just hard to imagine yourself being in tech um, unless you're just like naturally like I'm going to be the first. Right. I don't have that mentality. So it's just hard. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to see that. see yourself in those shoes. Um, and so, for example, I think I was really lucky to have a um, women manager um, when I was in my past, in my last job. And I think that was really empowering because that was the first time I was like, oh, I could be a manager. I could, you know, um, lead projects and things like that. And it was like, oh, why had I never thought that before? But it's just because all of my other past managers were male, right? So um, it's definitely just like a subconscious thing in some ways that it's harder to break into uh, or break out of, I guess. A lot of um, my friends who ended up not or like actually like dropping their software or their computer science major and pursuing something else. Um, a lot of them also thought about, they were like, I just think that I can give back more. Um, and so like some of my friends ended up doing like healthcare and they're in med school or PA school right now. Um, and they love what they do, but for them, like the whole drive was, I just don't feel like I can give back or I can, I can serve people the way I want to in software. Um, and I always kind of struggle with that. Cause I, I think, I really want to live a life of service and I really do want to live a life where I serve, you know, people. Um, and I was like, can we not give back in technology? But what's crazy is I think there are opportunities. It's just not as known. Um, so even for example, like this weekend, I get to go, or I, it's, it's online because of COVID right now, but I get to teach uh, elementary school students how to code and they're all girls. And so it's like a girls coding camp. Um, and I think that's so exciting. Like those are opportunities that I never thought about when I was in college. Um, but I hope that maybe as like those opportunities are more present, the women who ended up like not doing technology because they felt like it wasn't a, um, a job that could give back. I wonder if like more women would be interested um, in the field. So I'm sure there's so many reasons, but those are just a few that I thought of, I guess. I'm smiling from like ear to ear. I want to <laughs> sit in on the coding class. That sounds, I love, I love the spirit that you bring to it. Like how freaking refreshing, you know, I've lately on TikTok, I've been getting deep into like entrepreneurship sarcasm uh -huh. TikTok and it's all like worshiping Elon Musk or oh my gosh, reading, breathing and dreaming about TechCrunch or like all of these stereotypes, I guess. And it is, I mean, as, as true as some of those can be, right. Or as, you know, uh, there are certain aspects of what it's like to work in tech or work in Silicon Valley or, mm -hmm. um, you know, work for a major tech corporation that, that are like a, a pretty intense aspect of it, but the spirit that you bring to your career, I just think is so refreshing and universal in, in honestly, whatever field you're in and you're applying it to software engineering. And I, I love that. So thanks so much for sharing that. Okay. Wrapping up now, I just want to ask you this question because I feel again on the same lens. I just think you'd have like a really awesome and thoughtful answer. What keeps you going when a problem gets too hard? there's mo many times when you can't figure something out, right? Um, and luckily in industry, you have a team that supports you. 
But I think this question actually relates more to when I was in school, um, because in school, it's really hard to look past um, like the interview process or like the job search, or it's really hard to look past even a problem set or a homework. Um, and so for me, it was definitely having to kind of get out of my own head or getting getting out of like the own thought of like, oh, this is, this is horrible. I can't get this. I can't figure it out. Um, but just being okay with stepping away from the work for a little bit and hanging out with friends or just, you know, going on a run. I had to, I definitely had to figure out like almost like coping mechanisms <laughs> for myself um, and then be able to see the big picture and then come back to a problem. So that's definitely what helped me. And I guess what's crazy is I def I started making that a habit that I do even at work now, right? So now it looks like walking to like a coffee machine at work or it looks like talking to a um, coworker at work. But I just, I think that that mentality of trying to not take it like super personally and get really down on yourself is a huge thing that helps you um, when you're coding or just even a life problem, right? Just taking yourself a little bit less seriously and being able to step back, I think always helps you think a little bit better. <laughs> so that's what I definitely do at work and I guess in life. I love that. <laughs> yes, such a good lesson too. I love that. This has been amazing. I'm so thankful that you joined me on the podcast. Um, before we wrap our conversation, I have a short lightning round of three questions if you're okay. open to it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. Go to hobby or activity when you need a screen break in the middle of the day. I'm really into making lattes these days and like oh. matcha latte coffee, like everything. So that's definitely my biggest oh, wow. thing that I go to. <laughs> Do you use a non-dairy milk? I don't. I am like a huge <laughs> proponent of like, I love milk. So when we had this like oat milk craze or like, you know, non-dairy milk, I was like, Oh, I'll try Pass. it. <laughs> but I definitely love my milk. <laughs> that is funny. I just got a frother. It makes me feel really fancy. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yes, I have one too. It's the best. <laughs> okay, second question. What is your favorite app on your phone? My favorite app on my phone? Wow, I don't know if like <laughs> I was gonna, I don't know. So I actually really like BetterHelp. I'm not trying to like be an ad for BetterHelp, but Ooh. um. Yeah, so I was like someone who is not super, like I'm gonna go into therapy, I need like need therapy or I need counseling, but actually through this season, it's been really helpful. Um, and so you can like, like journal in it and you can obviously like meet with a counselor. And so it's actually one of my favorite apps right now. So wow. quick plug for that, I guess. Great plug for that, yes, <laughs> very timely. Um, I'll include a link in the show notes for anybody <laughs> interested too as well. Okay, and then last question, we ask all of our guests this, what is a book, resource, or quote that you would leave our listeners with? Okay, so I've been reading New Morning Mercies. It's a Devo um, that just has like a daily uh, Bible verse and it has like a daily thing for the day. and. I feel like that's really helped me because so I'm someone who reads like at least two books a month and like usually more and I try to read like a book at least a week like things like that um and so I kind of go through all these books but this is the book that I've been reading for the past year and so definitely my first book that I would recommend it is so good too. Can I just say, if you're looking yeah, for you? a devotional of any kind, yeah, New Morning Mercies, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. And he has like a podcast too. And I'm like, this is so great. Wow. 
Eugenia, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. This was awesome. Yeah, this was so fun. What an episode with people like Eugenia leading the forefront of the world of computing. I have full faith in this industry and Eugenia, I'm so excited to watch your career soar. If you loved today's episode and would love to support the Passages Project in a few other ways, we have so much that we'd love for you to be a part of. You can contribute to our platform either by writing on our blog, nominating a guest, or being a friend of ours over on social media. And all the links you need to do that will be in the description of this show. We encourage you to share this episode across social media to your friends or anybody that you think would love what we're doing over here at Passages. We have so much more content to come. This is going to be an amazing month, and we are so thankful that you're here. Thanks again for tuning in, friends. I will see you on the other side.